Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Vipers Talk podcast. This is the week two Vipers recap. Nick, we're going to start this on a somber note. The Tampa Bay Vipers were defeated at, by the Seattle Dragons, and it was it was not great. Uh, so wh- why don't we just get into it? The Vipers lost seventeen to nine to the Seattle Dragons. What were, what are your what are your takeaways? Um, we have no offense whatsoever. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Kind of embarrassing. The Vipers started the season with an over-under win total of seven and a half, and now they've lost two in a row. Uh, they started the season with, uh, tied among the favorites to win the XFL championship, and now they have just the fifth best odds, and they are now listed at plus 1,000 to win the XFL championship. So let's take a look at exactly what went wrong in this week's Tampa Bay Vipers game recap. You know what a viper, the animal in real life, is good at, though? Being an underdog. Ooh, okay. So I think this really corresponds with us, and I think we're probably going to come back and win the rest of the games. I hope so. Yeah, I see, I think they, they did this. It's an interesting storyline for the XFL, and it's what they need. So the Vipers starting quarterback for this game was not Aaron Murray, and that made a lot of people happy like us, but rather they went with former Oklahoma State quarterback Taylor Cornelius, we found out whose nickname is Corndog. Corndog. Which was great. So we have our Instagram page, which is Vipers Talk. Follow us there. And uh, I put up a post where I started mentioning who should be the uh, starting quarterback, expecting to get a lot of flowers. All I got was the emoji of a uh, corn on the cob and a dog. They don't have a corn dog emoji? They do not have a corn dog emoji. And they might. But everyone went with the corn on the cob and the dog. Okay. Which I thought was an interesting way to spell flowers. But I was wrong. It's for Cornelius. So, Right, and so we're not going to call him Cornelius the rest of this podcast. So if you're listening and you hear us talking about how much corndog sucks, uh, we're not talking about the food. No, we're big corndog fans. Just Yeah, but let's get right into it. Right out of the gate, we knew that corndog was not going to have a good day as he kept missing very easy throws over the middle on the very first drive. So set the tone early. Well, that's just nerves. We'll give him a break and switch in and out of quarterbacks a few times. Right. I mean, the, the once maligned Vipers run defense, though, did show up in this game early as they held the Dragons rushing attack mostly in check. So I was very surprised. We talked about how the DNs of the Vipers are not very big. No, they're not very big, and they were rated um, at the beginning of the season pretty poorly. They, yeah. That's the uh, the defensive ends were the weak spot of the uh, Vipers defense, but they've been playing pretty well, as has the rest of the Vipers defense. Right, and we're gonna, we have some great stats to back that up. Uh, so, first of all, head coach Mark Tressman for this game, he went quarterback by committee. It was not a, a corndog-only game. Yeah, that's a very very bold strategy. It's a bold I strategy, think. Cotton. Yeah. Uh, and so he swapped out corndog for our guy, Quentin Flowers. And Flowers started great. Three for three, 18 yards passing, three rushes, 10 yards, and just in the first quarter. So it's great that the XFL puts those stats at the bottom of the screen because we're tracking it. We're like, go, Flowers, go. And then we get Corndog back. And we get Corndog back in. So second quarter, Tressman puts Corndog back in, who at that point was one for five for seven yards passing early in the second quarter. This game was ugly in the first half, Nick. I mean, it wasn't that bad just because we had a lead for a little bit of it. Well, that's a good point. We're by three. Uh, So (laughs) we didn't see many points in the first half until Vipers kicker Andrew Franks former Miami Dolphins kicker, put a 36-yarder through the uprights with 2.36 to go left in the second quarter. So at halftime, uh, I fought, I'm big into following the Vipers on all their social media, and they tweeted out a photo of two chairs, each with uh, a Flowers jersey and a, a corn dog jersey on it, 
and it kind of looked like they were cutting a promo for some kind of like reality competition series. So like maybe like The Bachelor, but for quarterbacks. Right. Like they, I think they're even leaning into. We have it. all the receivers come in, and like in their mind, they're like, you know what? We get if you don't have two quarterbacks, you don't. If you if you don't have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's their motto. Yeah. So that that was funny at halftime. Uh, all right, let's jump ahead to the third quarter. The first Vipers touchdown of the season. Was it on offense, Nick? No, not at all. Th- two games, no. Not even close. It was a pick six from Tavares McFadden, and Brandon Silvers has a weird, like, I don't know. He, he's not, Brandon Silvers, the Dragons quarterback, was not very good. Threw it right to our guy, Tavares McFadden. And then the Vipers, at that point, they went for one. They're playing a conservative, and uh, they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. So. We are up nine to nothing because... We're the GOAT Vipers at this point. We're still in GOAT mode. Riding high. I tweeted out. there's no point to go for three just yet. Right. You want to save that. I tweeted out, uh, could the Vipers beat the Bengals? Yeah. The answer is probably no. We got a little little ahead of ourselves here. Then in the third quarter, Dragons quarterback Brandon Silvers, who at that point had thrown some of the, I want to say, masterpieces of incompletions. They were beautiful. Beautiful. Like, if you were, like, painting, like, a Picasso of just incompletions, it would be Brandon Silvers. So he's the opposite of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning throws some of the ugliest completions. Like, mm-hmm. all of his balls are where they need to be. They're just wobbly. Yeah. Brandon Silvers throws beautiful balls. They're just sailing over the head of the receivers. So he's the anti-Peyton Manning. That's, ooh, okay. Maybe he's going to lean into that. But while he does throw pretty incompletions, he threw a, uh, it was actually a pretty good uh, 68-yard touchdown to former Navy quarterback Keenan Reynolds. Vipers cornerback Jalen Collins got burnt on that play. Yeah, and part of that was the uh, the Vipers defense plays very aggressive, so the safety tried to play up and tried to jump a route. Did not work because the outside receiver went over the top, and there was no safety there. So that's that's kind of on both of them on the, at that point. But that's the price you pay when you go for picks a lot. You're for- going to get burnt. Former second-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, Jalen Collins, on that one. So the Dragons went for two, and the Vipers' defense held strong, scored 9-6. to six. Yeah, which is not bad. At that point, the Dragons had been taking a ton of deep shots down the field, testing our corners like Jalen Collins, and at that point, that had paid off. But let's jump ahead. Later in the third quarter, our guy, Quentin Flowers, uh, on a third and 24 from their own 11, which I thought was funny, that's usually a situation they would put Corndog in. The long, third and long, you know, you got to put the, the strong, arm, strong arm quarterback in there. Uh, Flowers was in there. He backpedaled through a pick six right into the arms of Dragons defensive end Marcel Frazier. Silver's two-point attempt good, 14-9 bad guys. Yeah, and <clears throat> that one's not – that's just hard because Flowers is kind of short. He's listed at 5'10", and he just – he threw a ball to the defensive end or Lyman, whoever it was. Read his eyes. Just jumped and put his hands up, and it stuck. I think he had stick him on him. Oh. We should contest this game. I think it should be played under protest. Yeah, this – there, there was he caught that ball. It was a beautiful spiral right out of his hands, and no more than like a foot later, it is picked off. It's and like this some, guy just threw his hands in the air, and it just stuck. You know, I don't think we can. That's some Jerry Rice in the '90s stuff, right there. Yeah, this is kind of, it's kind of bullshit. All right, so late in the fourth quarter, the Dragons kicked a 27-yard field goal to go up 17-9. But then this is actually pretty interesting. Tampa got the ball back. A minute two left on the clock. Corn Dog at back in at quarterback. He led a drive starting at the Tampa Bay 33-yard line and led it all the way up to the Dragons 28. With four seconds left on the clock, our guy Corndog, he chucked up a Hail Mary. He probably could have stayed in the pocket. He rolled out and threw it on the run. Not sure why. Anti-Peyton Manning. Anti-Peyton Manning. Picked in the back of the end zone. Time re- time expired. Dragons win 17-9. Yeah. So, 
The Vipers, who were up 9 to nothing at that point, let the Dragons score 17 unanswered points to uh, make the Vipers go 0-2. Nick, hit me with some stats. All right, so Corndog ended up going 16 for 27, 154 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, and sacked three times. You want to tell me how Flowers did? Flowers, three for seven, which is funny because he started the game three for three. Uh, 18 yards passing, no, no passing touchdowns, one interception. He rushed the ball five times for 15 yards. And, yeah, so... But there's, uh, there's a couple other guys we want to highlight. Uh, wide receiver Reese Horn uh, had uh, five receptions for 51 yards. Uh, running back Jaquie ja 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 Patrick? Jaquiz Patrick. Okay, we butchered that name. He rushed the ball 14 times, 70, 73 yards, and he caught the ball once for 18 in the defense. Uh, safety Marcellus Branch, 12 combined tackles, one sack. The interesting about Jaquiz Patrick, the running back, he laid the hammer on some of the defensive players. <clears throat> he looks more of a uh, a player that's going to try and get around you, swing it outside. But he caught up field a few times, and he is not scared to lower his shoulder. And I think that's something the Vipers should lean more into just because... Bully ball. Getting hit that hard over and over, that's why Derrick Henry was so good. And this guy is nowhere near the size well, of Derrick Henry, but we, who is? We tweeted out that video of... Uh tight end Nick Truesdale, or as you call him, Justin Trudeau, yes. just leveling some dude and got busted off like a 12-yard interception, or 12-yard 12, 12 reception. Prime Minister. Prime Minister of Canada. Um, on the Dragon side, Brandon Silvers, the prettiest incompletions. He threw a lot of them. He uh, It was 7 for 18 for 91 yards passing, a tutter and a pick, and uh, former Navy quarterback Keenan Reynolds, who plays wide receiver now. Who I'm rooting for. We love Keenan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, if he was on the Vipers, he would be, we'd be a Keenan Reynolds podcast. We would, but he's for the bad guys. So, eight catches, 87 yards, and that long touchdown. Uh, and the Dragons defense, a couple guys had some great days. Uh, linebacker Steven Johnson, 10 combined tackles, two tackles for a loss. And cornerback Steven Williams, seven combined tackles, one and a half sacks at cornerback. So, a lot of cornerback blitzes. Yeah. So, um, let's talk takeaways. So, that was our game recap. Um, defense. I mean, other than Jalen Collins getting burnt, <clears throat> take and, that away. And that's going to happen. We play aggressive. That That's going to happen. And even if you have a very good defense, like the Patriots got burnt last year at points, like it, it's going to happen. But you need an offense that can put points on the board because they our offense has put points on the board. How many? Six? Six or six in two games? Well, yeah. Wasn't it six points um, in six quarters or something? Well, no. Six six points in eight, eight quarters. Oh, okay. For us, for our offense. It was six and six quarters when they kicked the field goal. We have some stats for that coming up. Uh, there's a reason why teams don't go quarterback by committee. Um, because it's not a very good idea. No, I mean, like, you look at some of the best offenses of all time, and even in the NFL, I mean, running back by committee, sure. Yeah, keep some fresh legs in there. Quarterback by committee, not good. Especially when you have such, an, that. such a different style of corn dog to uh, flowers. I mean, Corndog's Corn huge. He's 6'6", so he's, you're supposed to be like a traditional pocket passer. Flowers, who I think is still listed at running back, is a more mobile guy. So you, you swap those guys out in the offensive line. Speaking of the offensive line, Nick, if you think the, the offensive line play in the NFL is bad, the offensive line play in the XFL yeah, it's, got awful. It's pretty bad, especially among our team. It's just hard. Even the NFL teams are having trouble getting good offensive linemen. And once you get past the starting five in the NFL, it's just a it's a struggle. Um, 
So once you get to the XFL, unless you can start getting some coaches to really like tighten that talent up and get them a little better, it's going to be going to be rough, especially for the quarterbacks who aren't that good. You mean like a quarterback like Cardell Jones can make up for that because he knows what he's doing. This man hasn't lost a game since what high school? Yeah. And but like a quarterback like we have like uh, Corn Dog. Well, it's two different schemes you have to block for. And that's true. And you don't, it's just, it's hard on linemen. You need to get a good rhythm, stick with one quarterback, and go with it. The Vipers' offensive line gave up four sacks. Corndog never looked settled in the pocket the entire day. But going back to Quentin Flowers just briefly, you brought it up earlier. The guy's five foot ten. Yeah. So that is actually a little bit of a disadvantage. I mean, guys like Kyler Murray kind of make it okay. But he couldn't throw over the, the, over the line very well. And at 510 I feel like it's a little easier here in the XFL just because a lot of the players are smaller. You see some of our defensive linemen are a lot shorter and so are the uh, linemen. But like it's still hard. Yeah. Cuz like a lot of these linemen are still over 6 foot. Right. But um so right. So if you look at this game from a purely statistical point of view, Vipers kicked ass. All right. They had 289 our uh, net, total net yards, well, they held the Dragons to under 200. They converted nine third downs and averaged four and a half yards per carry. So, Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Four and a half yards per carry, you get a first down every three downs. Right. So, uh, A couple other stats we found interesting. The, Vi- um, the Vipers outrushed the Dragons 141 to 117. Vipers ground game. We, we were just crapping all over the offensive line. Um they, they do make some things happen when it comes to the ground game. And they do, and that's another reason why I think they should kind of stick to a, a running gun offense. And, no, you're not going to have a very potent offense. You get into a third and long, you're kind of screwed. But if you can stay ahead of the chains and keep flowers to where he's only got to make a short throw or make a short run, if you drop him back, if he doesn't have a wide open pass, he can usually run and yep. get at least a few yards. So if you can keep it to like a third and five or less, you'll be fine. And I think like that would still be a better, we'd have a better chance of going down the field with and getting nothing less than like third and fives to keep the drive going than putting in another quarterback and having them arm punt every time. We are the number one arm punt team in the XFL. Uh, Vipers at quarterback. We've had three different quarterbacks. None of them have led their team to a score in eight quarters of football. Yeah. That is, that's the, and here's a couple other stats that aren't going to make you feel good if you're a Vipers fan. The Vipers were sacked four times. The Dragons were only sacked twice. The Vipers threw three picks. The Dragons only threw one. The Vipers had 99 penalty yards, while the Dragons had only 53. So, very hard to win when you look at that from that aspect. And usually the penalties kind of lead to coaching. Right. Like how, how, um, kind of, how the team is built and coached and all that. So, I think it's time to go with Spurrier. <laughs> Former uh, Calling it now. Orlando Apollo's AAF head coach, Steve Spurrier. Uh, I have seen some calls for him. But, all right, so that was uh, some of our thoughts. We're going to jump ahead. We have two items of news. Uh, first up, head coach Mark Trestman postgame. This is about the quarterback situation. He said, quote, we're still working through our quarterback situation. We tried to get Quentin and Taylor in the, uh, some work today. We didn't get the productivity we needed. They both know that. That starts with me. That's part of my job is to get these quarterbacks performing at a higher level. We haven't done that in the last two weeks. Yeah. What else is he going to say? I mean, <clears throat> he needs to just go with one quarterback for one game at least. And either well, it's hard because you have Flowers who, like, I feel like he wants to get him involved, but... He's not going to commit to him. And if you don't want to commit to him, fine. Commit to um, 
Murray. Murray or corn dog, whichever one you like better. And then use, uh, you can even use uh, flowers as a gimmick guy. You have a double forward pass that you can do. You haven't have, seen that yet. You can do all kinds of stuff. Even if you line him up at receiver, it's going to like draw the defense over to him because he is a playmaker in the XFL. So there's a lot of gimmick stuff that I feel like Trustman's just not trying or not really looking into. And I think he just wants to go with a more traditional um, kind of a West Coast offense and just pass. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're built for that. I think our, our running game is a lot better, and I just feel like he's kind of dead set on his ways, and I don't think he's really open to trying new things. I would love to very see very annoying. I would love to see Murray Murray under center and Flowers in the backfield. Even if you don't use Flowers. Even if you just you could so many uh, RPO options. Right. Like you could literally just toss it to him, and if he sees a receiver, let him throw yes. it. Behind the line pass, like uh, who's the guy in the Patriots that did that? Um, former uh, Edelman. I mean, yeah, Edel yeah Edelman. Yeah, needs to be a quarterback. Edelman throws the ball occasionally, but like it's not his primary thing. So maybe, I mean, <clears throat> I would love we're a Quentin Flowers podcast, but maybe Quentin could do a little less, and maybe uh, a little more gimmicky stuff. And what do you have to lose? I mean, we're going to at this point. Yeah. Um, one more news item is that the Vipers have played a very weak schedule. Yeah, that's the that's really the brutal one. Um, I mean, you look, all right, let's take a look back. Week one, we lost twenty-three to three to the New York Guardians. You know what the Guardians did in week two? They got they, stomped. They didn't get. They didn't score a single point. They got stomped. It's going to be a scary, scary game when we play the uh, def or, yeah the DC Defenders. I think that's the week after next. Yeah, week four. Okay. In week two, obviously they lost to the Dragons. The Dragons were stomped thirty-one to nineteen in week one by the DC Defenders. Um, Seattle's not a very, very good team, and they had two hundred eight yards of total offense against the Vipers. Uh, and sixty-eight of those came on that one long pass play. So uh, that means they averaged just two point yard, two point nine yards per play on their forty-eight other plays. Yeah, which that's pretty bad. Hit me with a week three preview. Alright, it's February 22nd, 2 p.m., home against the undefeated Houston Roughnecks, who are kind of uh, the sleeper team, I feel like. I don't think as many people were, were looking at them. It's like defenders, probably Roughnecks, number two. Yeah, but I coming into the season, I don't think anyone was as high on them, especially with uh, quarterback P.J. Walker, who is third in the league in passing yards. So, he threw three touchdowns, Autocamp Phillips, and ran for a uh, one-point conversion in Sunday's win against St. Louis, and threw four touchdowns in the opener, so he's kind of lighting it up. He's also third in the league in passing yards. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just two weeks in, but Roughnecks quarterback P.J. Walker is going to be a problem. Who is actually Justin really likes P.J. Walker. Uh, is that Former the guy? Oh, it's okay. See, I know him as Philip Walker. Yeah. Every time we have this we have this conversation, I say P.J., and, and he's like, wait, who is he? He I, sounds I don't know familiar. Who PJ is. And then I'm like, yeah, he's, he played on the Colts. You told me this. Weeks ago, and you're like, oh, Philip. Okay. Philip Walker, yeah. uh, former Temple quarterback, uh, was on the Colts practice squad for a while. Um, here's the other thing we have to look out for uh, in the Week 3 matchup with Houston is that the Roughnecks defense, very stout. Uh, and in their win over St. Louis, the Roughnecks defense, linebacker DeMarquise Gates, nine solo tackles, one sack. Safety Cody Brown, seven tackles, one pick, one pass defensed. Linebacker Beniquez Brown, 10 tackles, four solo. Cornerback Ajane Harris, nine tackles, one for a loss. They have some guys on defense. We don't have an offense. This is not going to be a very good game. No, probably will not be a good game. But 
<clears throat> maybe they'll take us lightly. We are underdogs now, no matter what. Um, yeah, we will play. That's a thing that we're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, I first I, Tampa home game. <clears throat> I think it's gonna be a pretty bad game. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you're looking for a, a nice, a, a good close matchup, this one probably is not going to be the game for you. Our next two weeks are going to be rough. So just bear with us. We're probably going to start 0-4. But we're tanking for Tua. Yes. Or Tim Tebow. If we get to, if we get to Season 2. We're like a, a TV show on the bubble. And if we get renewed for Season 2, uh, hopefully we'll bring in some stars. Like Tim Tebow. Yeah. So. Or Steve Spurrier. Yes, Steve Spurrier, I think, would be able to get us to a 500 team. So, a little cliffhanger ending there. Uh, so, that was Vipers Week 2. Wait, no, hold on. we got to continue our segment of um, new rules that we want added. Do you have a new rule? I do. Okay, hit me. All right, so you always see in the NFL, like, um, a receiver gets overthrown and the defender goes nuts, right? Mm-hmm. I think anytime the offense gets less than a yard, the pass is incomplete, whether it's the quarterback's fault or not, the whole defense, all of them have to run down to their end zone and take a picture every time. That would kind of mess with the whole speed up the game thing. Yes, but like it's a it's a celebratory thing. It's kind of like, yeah, you're celebrating. Like you're doing good. Really keep the morale of the team up. Every time they have to sprint, and like they still have to keep up with the play clock. You have to sprint. You're at like the 50 yard line. You have to run down to the other end. Even zone. if you're on like. In the red zone, like you just have to sprint down, take your photo, and then run back. And run back. And I think it would really like cater to the more offense thing because some of the defenses are pretty good. Like the Roughnecks are going to slaughter us, but if they have to sprint down every time, wind it, make corn wind dog it. throws a uh, a pass that sails twenty yards over our receiver's head, and they have to sprint down and come back, what, they won't be able to keep up. Well, here's the thing with that is that whenever the the, the defense poses for those pictures, whenever they do, they do something. I always look for the team to tweet that picture out, but I never see it. Well, now we make a calendar. Where do those, where do those pictures go, Nick? We're gonna make a calendar, like, like a fireman's calendar. Yes. Except they have their clothes on. Well, if they ever get a win, then we'll go with a okay. shirtless. They have to do a shirtless picture. Okay. Um, okay, I like that. I like that rule. Um, so now we have souped-up golf carts. Yes. We have uh, the pictures in the end zone. What was the other one we wanted last week? Uh, oh, boxing. Oh, yeah, we want drop the gloves. Drop the gloves. Okay, so those are our three rules right now that we're, we've added. Oliver Luck. Yeah. If, if you're listening, and we know you are. Yeah, Oliver Luck. Oh, also, did you know that uh, Andrew Luck pushed for Philip Walker to be in the XFL? Really? Andrew Luck went to, tam- or went to a bat for his guy, his backup. PJ. Yeah, his old teammate to get into the XFL. Right now, look at him. Andrew Luck should be a... Uh, a scout, talented, talent advisor. Old, advisor. The old private jet walker. Yeah. All right, so that was uh, week two Vipers recap episode. We will see you guys back next Monday for uh, probably another very somber episode of Vipers Talk. Uh, and we will see you guys then.